What's going on, everybody? This is the Hockey Dudes Podcast with yours truly, Hayden Heilstorn. Follow me on Twitter at HaydenH9714. All the sports content you could really care about. That's not true. You're not going to get everything that you really care about. You're going to get a lot of gambling tweets, a lot of me complaining about the Lions. I complain about the Buckeyes on Saturdays. And... But during hockey season, I really get my takes out there. I will be dropping takes all over the place. It's going to be take bombs left and right. And it's going to be fun because the Blue Jackets are going to be tremendously bad this season. And I refuse to talk myself into them being good. I've tried to, you've heard this. You've heard for most of the summer, me go back and forth on whether I think they're going to be a good team or not. Listen, do I think they have the potential to surprise people? Yes, I do. I think any hockey team has the potential to surprise people. Do I think they will? I don't. I think with Brad Larson in place for his first time ever being an NHL head coach, um, it is nice that he has been in the system for a long time and got to coach under guys like John Tortorella. And the fact that he does have head coaching experience in general is nice. He has coached a couple seasons in the AHL prior to him being with the Blue Jackets. Uh, 2014 is when he joined with the Blue Jackets, been an assistant coach ever since, been in charge of the power play, which has been um, horrible in his tenure here. But I don't think you can blame that on him. But here we are. He's, you know, I think a lot of people were upset when he was hired. I personally thought it was a good hire. I think he deserves a shot. I think it's a guy that players will get behind. And I thought that showed in his first immediate press conference is that there were players that were there. Well, you know, Patrick Laine, Gustav Nyquist, Zach Wierenski, those were some of the players that were there to support him. So I think there is a little bit of, there's some strong backing, I should say. There's some strong backing from the players. And I think we need that. I think whatever can unify this Blue Jackets team is a good thing. And if that's our head coach, then great. Because that was our head coach. John Tortorella was a guy that unified the team for better or for worse for the past run, past six seasons that the Blue Jackets were involved in. He was the glue guy. He was the glue guy. He, he was our coach. And look what came out of that. He gave us the best years in Blue Jackets history. And I think we were due for that. And we got it. And now here we are staring down just... 28 days away from another season. Blue Jackets trying to go back-to-back years of not being in the playoffs. I'm sure that's a goal of theirs to get to the playoffs this year. If you talk to me, if, if, if you asked me how I felt going into last season versus how I feel going into this season, I I feel worse about their chances. I really do. I really do, and I don't need to go over the reasons why. Blue Jackets have had a ton of turnover. They have traded away significant assets for younger assets for future draft picks, and we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. The Blue Jackets have a ton of new guys, and some of the new guys taking place or trying to grab some some significant uh, roster. What am I trying to say? Some guys that are trying to make the Blue Jackets final roster for this year include t- 
two first round draft picks in the last year, 2020 draft pick and 2021 draft pick, Igor Chinarkov and Cole Sillinger, who will be playing on a top line in tomorrow's game in Traverse City. It is, of course, it is the prospect camp. The Blue Jackets have tons and tons of prospects. I'll be tuning into that game. It's going on at 3 o'clock tomorrow in Traverse City, and I believe you can stream it on the Blue Jackets website. So a free place for you to stream it. I'm sure you can stream it on your phone as long as you're comfortable with that. I'll be watching. I'll be watching. I'm, I'm, uh, I expect Shinakov to make the roster. I do. I think anybody that puts up, you know, the numbers that he put up in the KHL, I I know the KHL is not the NHL. It, hell, it, it might not even be the AHL as far as the level of talent that takes place in that league. But listen, the Blue Jackets aren't a team that is established. They aren't a team that has high expectations. They aren't a team that has guys that have locked in their roles. Even some of the guys that did good things for us last year, like they're not guaranteed spots. We have a couple guys like that, like Oliver Bjorkstrand. Sure. You know, he's going to be in the lineup guys like Patrick line. sure. You know, you know, he's going to be in the lineup because of his talent. But other than that, it's a whole, it's a whole bunch of who knows, you know, and Igor Shinakov coming off of winning KHL rookie of the year. I expect him to make the roster. I hope he does. I hope he does. Guy's got a hell of a shot. I'll be watching him closely. And I'm looking forward to this game. We're finally going to have real actual hockey to talk about. And on tomorrow's podcast, I'll just break that down. I'll break down the prospect game, things that I like, things that I didn't like, players that I think made significant strides, and players that I think are going to have no business being on this team. Surely there'll be a lot of that. Uh, You know, of this prospect team, maybe two guys there's maybe two guys that I could see make this roster and we'll see we'll see Traverse City beautiful part of the country uh very jealous of the people that are up there it's all Jeff Shavoda who does just an amazing job covering the Blue Jackets works for the team hell of a guy uh he you know tweets a lot about his life and it's very interesting actually I like Jeff you know he's one of those guys that tweets about his life not just the Blue Jackets and you root for him. You just root for him. Jeff Shibota going finally for the first time ever. Well, first time in a year, I should say, going on a work trip. He's going to Traverse City. He's live tweeting. Beautiful part of the country. I've been up there one time in my life. My family frequently goes to northern Michigan for ski trips. And just this past ski trip, we drove the 45 minutes up to Traverse City and enjoyed the town. And, and you know, they say during the summer, it really comes alive. Like, that is where... Uh, the people, the snowbirds come back, you know, to Traverse City. <laughs> they they go from Florida back up to Traverse City, and it really is a, a beautiful part of the country. And I, you know, I'm extremely jealous of the people that are there now. I'm sure it's a great time up there. But I'm going to be watching. I'm be watching closely and see what's going on. Some more stuff with the Blue Jackets. And this was a really, really interesting story that I think uh, made its way around the National Hockey League as a, like, whoa, like that's kind of crazy. And that was that the Blue Jackets let go hired assistant Sylvain uh, Lefebvre, who, after he decided to not get vaccinated for COVID-19, it broke the NHL's protocols. And, you know, Yarmo Kekalainen basically came out and said, hey, he couldn't do the job. 
can't perform the duties required of him given the current NHL protocols. Damn, man. Like, I read that, and that's not a good headline for the Blue Jackets. Like, there's no, like, cheering. There's no applauding. Like, this is just a sucky situation. Like, this guy, you guys don't know who Sylvain Lefebvre is? He's... He's played on some good-ass hockey teams, man. He was part of the the Colorado 90s Cup runs. I, I don't know how much Stanley Cup experience the Blue Jackets had in that room, but to lose an assistant coach that Brad Larson had hired, man, that sucks, dude. That sucks, and especially to, to lose it for this reason. And And I don't know... You know, I'm not, like, one of those guys that's, like, I, I you know, I believe that you should get the vaccine... But I also believe that, like, you know, it's it's your health. Take care of your health the way that you want. Um, I I don't know. I don't know, man. It just it sucks. I guess there is a little bit of disappointment from my end on Lefebvre and maybe on the Blue Jackets organization in general that what does it say about the Blue Jackets that Sylvain Lefebvre didn't want to take this opportunity to be an assistant coach for this organization? He, he wouldn't even take a prickle in the arm. It wasn't worth it to him. There wasn't anything in this room that was so exciting to him that he was willing to take the vaccine, wasn't willing to make that sacrifice so that he could be a part of what's going on. I guess it's just an early not good sign. And and I know that's, you know, taking someone's personal issue and trying to make a big picture out of it. But frankly, it just it just is disappointing. It just is disappointing as a Blue Jackets fan. It's not a headline you want to read because in this, you know, in the offseason, you don't get a lot of big headlines and and you know, they say no news is probably good news in the offseason. You know, nine times out of ten, no news is good news. Unless you're getting Jack Eichel on your team, having a blockbuster trade, acquiring big amounts of talent, no news is good news. I don't want to hear a damn thing out of the Blue Jackets camp. I want to see Jeff Shibota tweeting clips of Igor Shinakov's, you know, snipes that he's having. I want to see videos of Elvis Merz-Lincoln's, you know, rolling down nation, rolling underneath the stands at Nationwide Arena with his rollerblades on rolling back and forth between locker room and the rink. That's what I want to see. And I did see that. You did see that, by the way. That's the kind of stuff I like, you know? Elvis, he really seems like he's coming into this year with a major, major chip on his shoulder. And listen, I know a lot of the reason why he's motivated to go out and and ball out this year is because of the death of his close friend, Matisse Kivlenix, which... Certainly it shook up the Blue Jackets organization in general, and it was very, very sad. And, you know, it was a, t- was a tough, tough summer because of that. It was a tough month of July for the Blue Jackets fan base. And, you know, it's something that you'll never truly get over as a Blue Jackets fan. And certainly Elvis will n- probably never get over it. And he's changed his mask up to honor Matisse with the Joker on the side, which is what... You know, Matisse was the nickname that he had, was the Joker, was kind of the attitude that Matisse took when playing on the ice. And Elvis has kind of adopted that in honor of him. And that's all great and good. But I don't think, listen, I don't think Elvis, I think this is a guy that just in general plays with a level of 
enthusiasm and a level of um, just personal motivation on his own that we have never seen out of any Blue Jackets player. I mean, it is an unbelievable amount of pressure he puts on himself to come out and say that he expects that he, his goal is to win a Vesna and that he expects to do so and he's going to do so for Matisse. That's the kind of stuff that you just you don't see a whole lot out of other players in the NHL. I don't know. Like, sure, guys talk about their goals, and but they don't just bring it up out of nowhere and just say, I'm going to win a Vesna for... Uh, my my friend who passed away, like they don't say things like that. You know what I mean? Like he he's just such a leader on the team. That's just so goddamn motivating. Like what are what are you doing to honor Matisse Kivlenix today? What what are you what are you doing to be to honor yourself to honor your family name? You know that's what that's what Elvis is. That's the kind of energy he brings to the locker room, and it's it's just so god. Damn infectious as a Blue Jackets fan. And it gets me really, really excited. That That's the kind of stuff. As I sit here and I open up this podcast and I start to talk about how this Blue Jackets roster does not give me a lot of hope. I, I get all the way down the lineup and I get to a guy like Matisse or a guy like Elvis Merz-Lincolns and I just, I just get so rallied up by him. And I don't know. I'm 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 still hesitant to believe he's going to do the things that he's going to do because and not because of him, but because of how hard of a league it is to do that. That's a extremely hard thing to do to just go out and win the Vesna Trophy. But surely he's going to have the opportunity. He's going to have the opportunity. This Blue Jackets team is anything above 500 at all. Come December, come the All Star break, come the, the Olympic break, then. Yeah, he's going to have a lot of eyeballs on him because this this team isn't set up offensively to have a good year. They they just they aren't set up that way. But if the goalie is going to play like that, yeah, that's going to get some eyeballs. That's going to get some eyeballs. Um the Blue Jackets kick off their season or I guess drop the puck on their season on October 14th against the Yotes. Tickets are going for as low as $19 in the upper bowl on the shoot once end I saw. Even up to, you know, and then up after that, it doesn't get much higher. It goes to 25 bucks for the upper bowl. That's a, probably the lowest ticket price I've ever seen for an opening game ticket. I don't know. I, f- I always feel like opening game Opening night, I should say, is, is always like at least 50, 60 bucks to get in the house, at least in a year where the Blue Jackets aren't expected to be good, especially off a year where the Blue Jackets didn't have fans in the building. We had we had some, obviously, near the end. We, we were allowed to have fans there, and that was all great and good, and I surely I made it out to a couple games. But, I mean, for a large majority of the fan base, they probably didn't get a chance to make it, and, you know, Surely they didn't get to go to a full arena, you know, and that is different experience. The building's just different. I mean, there was a certain vibe that was missing when I went at the 25 capacity games, you know, 25% capacity games. But listen, um, I'm partly considering going, <laughs> just seeing how cheap tickets are. Why not go to an opening night game? I mean, I'm so excited to get back there and listen. 
I think the Blue Jackets are going to have incredible value on them in terms of betting this year and money line stuff. And I also think they'll have some good fantasy players to pick up. And I think it'll be an interesting season. I think it'll be a very interesting season. We've got the Seattle crank, the Seattle Kraken coming in the second game of the season at home. That'll be fun to watch the window rivalry. That's all good. But like I said, we got the Yotes coming in on October 14th. And speaking of the Yotes, I saw this. This was by a guy on named Jay Fresh on Twitter. He's got a huge following. Uh, so he's, you know, credible in the fact that this list that he did, it's a fan vote. He reaches all NHL fans. He doesn't just do one team specifically. They did whatever blog website that he works for. They did a fan vote on all the NHL logos, all 32 teams, where they ranked logo-wise. They, I guess they... I don't know how many people they pulled, but they did a, you know, one out of 10 rank each team's logo. They took the average of all of it and they came up with this list rankings wise. And I, I don't know. I, I, I just saw this and I thought it was interesting. The Red Wings, number one logo in the National Hockey League. And I, I don't think there's any complaints there. I mean, it's a great looking logo. Sharp does a lot with just using two colors the winged wheel is just awesome. The wing is extremely detailed, and it just it embodies the city of Detroit as a whole. Probably the you know best logo that the that the city of Detroit has for sure. The second was the original Coyotes Kachina, which is is that the full time logo that they're going back to? That must be because this is all yeah. It says the list is for 2021, 2022 logos. Damn coyotes. Okay, step it up. I love it. Going fully back to the Kachina. I like I don't know if it's the best, second best logo in the National Hockey League, but it surely has won the hearts of the fans, given an average of 7.5. The next is the Sharks logo at three. Sharks logo is a sharp logo. Don't get me wrong. I, I like it. It's not as good as their old logo. They kind of like took some detail out of it. They made it look like more um, realistic, but also in the same way, it's kind of like less intimidating. It lost a little bit of its charm, I should say, when they updated it, but surely still a cool logo. The Habs logo is number four, of course, a classic. Number five is the Penguins logo, also a classic. Got no problem with that. Anytime you make a Penguin look tough, it's, it's I guess, kind of cool. Um, surely it's an iconic logo. Uh, Seattle Kraken, number six. Okay, I guess there's just maybe some genuine excitement, but I honestly think the Vegas Golden Knights have a cooler logo than the Kraken. I don't know. Maybe there's just something about the colors that they got. The Wild, certainly a very cool logo with an actual picture of a forest inside the head of what is actually a bear. Some people get that confused. It's the head of a bear. Uh, the Bruins logo, iconic. Leafs at nine. Maybe I think some people were expecting that one to be higher. The Blues, 10. Rangers, 11. Avs, 12. Senators, Flames, Knights, Jets, Devils, Sabres, Flyers, Predators. We're at 20 right now. 21 is the Blackhawks. 22 is the Oilers. Canucks, Lightning at 24. I actually think the Lightning, I'm, I'm, you know, that's about, that's, you know, I, that's actually right where there should be. It's an iconic logo now that they've won two cups and, you know, you look at it and you think of a really good hockey team, but there's not much to it. I mean, it's just a circle with a little lightning bolt. Could certainly be cooler. 
I think their old logos more fresh. Islanders 25, that's kind of surprising to me because just the how iconic that logo is. It actually includes uh, Long Island in the logo. 26 was the Panthers. 27 was the Toilet Bowl, toilet bowl Carolina Hurricanes. 28 was a very boring L.A. King Shield. And 29 was the Blue Jackets crest. You know, the flag waving over the star. 30 was capitals because it's just scripted letters. 31 was the Dallas Stars, which is I actually hated when they rebranded. And 32 is the Ducks. Tommy's always hated that one. He's always talking. In fact, in fact the Ducks were significantly worse than the Stars before them. Ducks were 3.4 stars or 4.3, and every other team above is obviously in the four. So congratulations to Anaheim Ducks. Worst logo in the NHL, according to the fans that follow Jay Fresh on Twitter. Put a banner up. Put a banner up. Um, Blue Jackets at 29, though. I think they. I think the Blue Jackets are due. Man, I think we're due for a rebrand. I just, I got to say it. I don't know. And it's sad because I like the sweater. I think the sweater is crisp. It's simple. Um, it's somewhat unique. And it's been around long enough that I look at it and I think it, it you know, it means something. Wearing the Union Blue means something. And, you know, the, the jerseys aren't trying too hard to be something that they're not. Like I said, they're just simple. I like it. I like the stripes going down the shoulders. Uh, I think it's a good look. I think the logo could be. I think the logo could be something better. I think the third jersey logo with the cannon is a much sharper logo. I don't know. I've always felt like that. I've always felt like since they've released that logo, you know, then the Blue Jackets have a trend in franchise history. In their 21-year history, they've done that. They've came out with a primary logo. And then they've came out with a third jersey logo, kind of redoing what they did before, and it always comes out better. The The logo that the Blue Jackets have now was much better than the ribbon CB with the stick being the J, their OG logo. But, you know, they decided we're going to, they made the smart decision and said we're going to go towards the, the, the waving C flag. And then they released, on a third jersey, they released the Canon logo, with the cannon featured in the middle with the script, you know, with the Columbus Blue Jackets in a ribbon around the outside, circular logo, nice looking hockey logo, intimidating with the cannon. And that's the better logo. And now will the Blue Jackets follow up the same decision that they made early on in franchise history and go to it? I don't know. I'd love to see it. I'm just saying. I'd love to see a rebrand. And I don't know. We're due. We're due. Between them and the and Lions and the Tigers and, you know, the crew suck. Buckeyes just lost the game. I'm probably as down bad as I'll ever freaking be as a sports fan. And I got to hope so because not a single one of my teams am I looking forward to watching in their upcoming game. In fact, it might be just a Blue Jackets prospect game tomorrow at 3 o'clock is the game that I'm looking forward to the most. And sadly, somehow, someway, I've talked myself into the Lions possibly winning Monday Night Football against the Packers. Don't know how that's going to work out, but I'm excited to talk about it. Whenever it does come back around, I'll be back tomorrow to talk about Blue Jackets and how they did, how their prospects did against the least prospects up in Traverse City. Until then, I love you guys. Um, have a good rest of your day. And uh, remember to drop a review in the Hockey Dudes podcast on Apple Podcasts. And then tell your dog about us. All right, see you guys. Well, I'm